Welcome to Antique Dust. Hello and welcome to another fabulous pop-up podcast by Antique Dust. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. Woo! Yay! have just binged and i mean binged what have we done we've binged we've binged, binged. yes we have um, the life and loves of a she-devil which is the faye weldon the, the dramatized series based on the faye weldon book of the same name of the same name sort of right on feminist woo i actually remember this when it came out very me first too time. and it was like clutching your pearls type of tv well, you're clutching show. your pearls i know it was quite naughty, really, because I think I was only sort of 12 or 13. Oh, you were far too young to be watching it. What was your mother thinking of? I know. It was, yes, especially when uh, Miriam Margoyles. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you mean so, Miriam Margulies? Margulies, that's the one. Um, so, those people that aren't... So, all, so what about her? Well, she's in it. So, okay. we'll get on to that. All right, okay. So, shh. Sorry, you're just calm. You're teasing calming, us. You're teasing calming, us. calming, calming. With your reminiscences. So, the uh, story of the life and loves of a she-devil uh, is quite an epic tale. It's meant to be an envy tale, according to Faye Welding, but I think it's more a revenge tale. Um, maybe the book is different. I've, I've only skimmed the book. I've not actually read it. Mm. Um, but... The story goes, it's a husband and wife living in sort of affluent suburbia. Ruth and Bobble. R- Roth, uh, Bobbo. Or should I get Bobo? Bobbo. Bobble. It feels like Yogi Bear, doesn't it? Hello, Bobo. That would be Bobo. Bobo, yeah. Um, but um, the characters are, so you've got an accountant, his his wife, who is a little bit dowdy, very a tall. A little bit dowdy. A little bit dowdy. Um, two kids, a little bit feral, boy and a girl sort of standard family house etc and it turns out the husband is a little bit of a wrong one yes and uh, he's quite a good accountant they're quite affluent and money wise and he starts having a flingette with with a client yes and what's her name her name is mary fisher i hate mary Mary Fisher. fisher I actually quite like Mary Fisher. I actually yeah. felt sorry for Mary Fisher. So, the first, it's uh, six episodes? Six episodes. Six episodes. No, it's not. It's four episodes. Oh, four? Yes, it's four episodes four? leading up the garden path. Here. It's four episodes. Well, yeah, because it was quite concise, wasn't it? It was the, very concisely told. The very, very first episode is a little bit wallowy. Uh, and it Setting starts, the scene. It set, sets the scene, but it does wallow in that scene a little bit. Wife is a bit dowdy. Um, husband just thinks he can get away with whatever he likes. He's the main breadwinner, and he says, "I'm going to leave you. We're going to get a divorce. That's it." And then he swans off, and then she sort of flips her lid a little bit, and then well, she becomes a she devil. She becomes a she devil. She becomes full of revenge yes. and envy. Because before he leaves, Bobo says to her, "You're a she devil," so and she, she takes that on as her persona. 
and she becomes the she-devil. The whole story is a little bit magical realism. Uh, I know some people get a little bit whimsy, whimsy. With, magic, with, with magical realism, where it goes all a bit... <sighs> a bit tedious and a but bit this wasn't whimsy this wasn't whimsy this wasn't sort of the um what was it the brideshead revisited wandering around with a teddy bear being fey and etc like one of the characters in that this was really quite delicious and i really enjoyed it um the so the, the first episode ends with her pretty much setting fire to the entire house by loading up every single appliance the chip van and everything burning the house down and then depositing said feral children along with dog and cat to mary fisher's house where bobbo is residing and enjoying her opulent house which is a lighthouse right mm. on the cliffs because mary fisher lives in a high tower yes which is constantly referenced which is very good mary fisher is a romantic novelist very successful romantic novelist which is mainly sort of tosh it's not nothing racy or anything like that and it's now the she-devil's version it's time to turn tales so the story begins with her reinventing herself basically to sort of the ever-decreasing circles to make mary fisher's life a miserable hellhole and she does it really well doesn't she <laughs> yes so the uh the three three remaining episodes are just divine because yes she... well so it's it's the way in which ruth's uh plan pl plays plays it's plays a long game really she's yeah. playing she's playing the long game and she's sort of choosing her targets and picking them off one by one however her targets aren't the targets she's got i mean the very first one is where she well, she sleeps with a with the pharmaceuticals who can get her an entry level to job to a nursing home. Mm. That's where Mary Fisher's um, mother. mother is heavily medicated. Played marvelously by Liz Smith. We haven't really talked about the casting, have we? No. Should we? we are, well, yes, yes, and no. So, Patricia mm. um, Hodge. Hodge plays Mary Fisher. Mm -hmm. Dennis Waterman plays Bo Bobo. Yeah, so I think we need to talk about the casting of Bobble. Yeah. I th for Come me, on. it's a little bit of a misstep. Well, we watched the special features on the DVD because we did actually invest in the DVD. Uh, this wasn't just a YouTube, we'll flick into it for YouTube. It's really difficult to get hold of this film. So I would strongly recommend it. It is a fabulous thing to have on your shelf. Now, Faye Weldon in the book makes Bobbo the most devastatingly handsome chap ever. And yet, they cast Dennis Waterman, who had grown a moustache. Yes. For, for it. I mean, don't get me wrong, he didn't look unattractive. However, you would have thought the super glamorous Mary Fisher would have gone for something a little bit more glamorous. Mm. I never really got um, the, the attractiveness of Dennis Waterman, generally. No. Um, I think he had a certain... I think he appealed to a certain... It's kind of that, that rough and ready... Yeah, the cheeky chappy cheeky routine. Chappy I mean, he was, he, he was good in the Sweeney. He was really good in Minder and uh, on the up with Mrs. Wembley. Just the one, Mrs. Wembley. Yes. Um, we'll do an episode of On the on Up. On the Up. We'll try and find a good one. It could take some time. Um, <laughs> we'll have to watch them all to find <laughs> no! a good one. 
Um, so, uh, so Dennis Waterman is and a Julie T. Wallace and Julie Julie T. Wallace. She is a complete jobbing actress. This was the first gig, and she nails it. She is. I mean, she she's she's over six foot. She was a bit broad, and she's a bit all over the place, and and not afraid to um, have that exploited. I guess no. And she really, really went for it. And uh, you, you, she, she wasn't. She's not one of like these plain Janes that suddenly becomes glamorous when she yeah. she takes the hair out of a bun and then and takes, the, takes glasses the glasses off. off, and then suddenly a couple of buttons on the oh, blouse. Miss then, Jones, bing it, bingo! Wow, no, no, she she's she's a striking woman, but she's not pretty, and I wouldn't even say she's handsome. Although she does evolve through the TV. Yeah, shows, I mean, the show to be, to be clear, she, she's very much made up to be. As to, dowdy to, as to possible, be, she's got yeah. a little moustache. She's got a warty thing on her, on her, yes. on her lips. So, got a unibrow at various yeah. points. Yeah. So it's the first episode. The, the the first saga. She well, she sleeps with this pharmaceuticals person, who is the second person she's ever slept with in her life. Cures him of his sty, and gets him to get the introduction. Yeah. Which is really the, the, it's interesting. The curing of of the sty with is, the gold ring is is sort of like the first indication that actually she is a she devil. She is a she devil. She does have that magical some powers, and and but she is she's using she's using her powers. I think she's it's one of these reawakening stories, and I love the makeover sort of stories where it's like that's why I think I watch a lot of these housey programs where they have this really dreary knackered old house and then suddenly within 50 minutes it's looking like a glamorous palace and sort of Hugo and Jocasta are thrilled with the knobs in the kitchen um, but with this she completely reinvents herself and then just takes it that step too far um, but we'll get on to that um, so the first story is she goes into the nursing home uh, we're all we've got this horrible owner or matron who is just basically keeping all the elderly sort of sedated. Yeah. yeah. So the she she comes across um, Mary Fisher's mother who is drugged up to her eyeballs. Um, we also learn that the the owner of the nursing home has a zero tolerance policy for wetting the bed. For incontinence. So um, so essentially. What Ruth does is... She awakens the mother, yes. gets the mother a little bit drunk, because the mother is a bit of a lush. Yeah. So she swaps She swaps out the medication for vitamins. Um, for vitamins. Well, she does that with most of the she inmates. She does it for all of them, all the, all the, the guests. All the guests. And uh, the mother, I say, she, she manipulates the mother, gets the mother a little bit drunk, gets her mother telling the stories about Mary Fisher. Because I, th- I think Mary Fisher's mum isn't the best of maternal mothers well she's not a role model she's not a role model by any stretch of the imagination which um i mean you kind of get that sense of maybe why mary fisher becomes the the romantic novelist because i I would say that reading between the lines anyway that her childhood and her upbringing was probably not the the most no um, and also but, but also it comes out in the story that mary fisher had actually slept with her mother's boyfriend, mm. so I think there was they were probably equally bad for each other in yeah. a very toxic way, which would have actually made quite interesting reading. I'd love to see the prequel of Mary Fisher's upbringing, perhaps. Um, there's a guest story for Faye, Faye Weldon. <laughs> um, so she reawakens the mother. Um, she starts a little friendship with Miriam Margulies, Margulies, Miriam Margulies, who is also a nurse, who's 
um, who assists in taking her the next stage further in in the journey and uh, is uh, an ally and yes. a cohort and a lover yes so a little bit of lesbianism there we don't see a little bit of cuddling in between two single beds um, but the mother gets taken to the to Mary Fisher because she's got nowhere to go. So rather than Mary well, Fisher... You, you kind of missed a bit. The, the mother gets thrown out because um, Ruth, Ruth fakes, fakes her it. incontinence. Yeah. Um, but also it sounds like she put her on a train to go and visit mother. Yeah. So she engineered, she engin engineered a visit home to coincide with the discovery of the incontinence so she wasn't coming back yes exactly and then ruth gets sort of organizes her own firing and then she goes and works at this high high security prison. In, inmate prison place uh with miriam what's it and uh, so that is it was really that was really interesting and it was very very amusing and then the next stage of the journey is to uh, create even more hell because she's she seems to have aligned with uh, mary fisher's um housekeeper garcia garcia who mary fisher i think had used him occasionally for sexual adventures um and i think he was he was a bit upset or a bit annoyed that bobbo had had arrived uh it's sort of into the mix um, so it was basically making the children even more feral and feeding back information to Ruth, which was it's very interesting. But they didn't really explore that much further, did they, really? There was a couple of phone calls, um, snippets of phone mm. calls. I think that's probably as much as was needed. We yeah. we I suppose we didn't need the ins and outs of it all. Um, but this the story evolves with them embezzling money from Bobbo because she's still got a joint savings account that Bobbo only looks at the balance. So she, they break into uh, Bobbo's office because she's still got the key to his office and starts sort of stealing money from the clients. Clients' accounts transferring it across to this joint savings account and then squirrel the money further into another account. And then uh, they, with the, with the first million pounds that they've stolen, they set up, what was it? What was the name of the, the business? They set up a, a feminist, the Rose business. So, uh, mm -hmm. A, a, an agency for women to reinvent themselves as in sort of a, for a, a female recruitment agency a vista rose vista rose a vista rose is used throughout the rest of the plot so she develops further and further and then moves further on after bobbo gets arrested she instigates she realizes Bob, she stumbles onto Bobbo having a fling with another woman while with Mary Fisher, then realizes he's not faithful. He's still not faithful. So she engineers one of her staff members on the the the, the Vista Rose to go in, who naturally falls for men in a situation of power, and then engineers her to say that she loves him. He fires her. She gets a bit uppity. And then she engineers her to go to the Swiss bank account to get the money out of the bank account while setting her up with a new life in New Zealand and then it all becomes apparent that or the uh, apparently that Bobbo has uh, has been arrested and then Mary Fisher uses all of her property and all of her money to try to get the legal case and that takes um, Ruth onto the next stage of her 
revenge or yes. as Faye Weldon said envy but I just I, I think maybe the book was envy um, but I think the well, when Faye Weldon talks about envy she's alluding to the way the story ends which we've not got to because what Faye Weldon said is that a woman would not have gone to the extremes that Ruth goes to merely for revenge no yes and she said it's, it's lots of people look at it as a revenge story but as far as she was it was envy that she wanted to become rather than sort of get her own back but it was it was just gorgeous it, so if you haven't seen it honestly buy the dvd because how the story goes on she has a series of other misadventures well not misadventures she has lots of adventures so she leaves the vista rose and leaves it with um miriam and uh, and basically becomes a nanny of the judge of the uh, of the case for bobbo and engineers him to give a bigger sentence because she realizes that the judge has a little bit of an snm side and plays up to that monumentally and stands up to him and he quite likes that uh, <laughs> he quite likes it i think he likes it a lot he, he likes it a lot he, he was a bit of a he was a bit of a, a nasty piece of work because yes, he's, an, he's very abusive he's, he's he so the judge is is an abuser and she works and manipulates that to her advantage but the why it was he was really really all the men in all all of this story are either useless selfish or just incompetent do you think yeah it is i wonder why that would be yeah feminist author <laughs> but if she has she has she's drawn the characters so well so we've got the judge who she wins over and then what, where does she go next um her well, ne once once she's once she's engineered bobo's lengthy prison sentence um, Mary Fisher is so distraught that she turns to religion. So then, uh, Ruth becomes the priest's housekeeper. housekeeper, and then deflowers and changes the priest with her sexual, her sexual wiles, her sexual wiles, where she's playing someone from the West Country, but also the vicar or the, the priest is played by a delicious Tom Baker. And you could see that I said how they've had to cut these scenes because you could tell that sort of when the moment they said cut, someone was going to burst into it, burst into laughter because it was just sensational. <laughs> the vicar is completely incompetent in bed. Is 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 like a, a jackhammer, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. so so Ruth basically makes him a drunkard. Yes. So she she sexualizes the, the priest. priest. And um, encourages them to drink, and then get basically winds them up, and then sends them S off sends him off to Mary, to Mary Fisher. Fisher. Mary Fisher is now distraught and turning to religion, and the the religious advice she's getting is a little bit all over the place, and it ends up being bedded by Tom by the priest played by Tom Baker. Yeah, and she also ruins her career because she writes a book. About. Well, but this was a bit earlier on when when Bobo convinces. Well, Bobo starts convincing her to write something a little bit more literary, yeah, something her, a bit more realistic, and and her realism um, is rejected by the publishers. And then the priest says, "You've got to write something 
religious. So she writes a, a sort of a romantic tale about, sort of, uh, I think, a, 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 a nun and her love for Jesus or some, some such religious things. <laughs> yes. Uh, after that stage, the she-devil, she's generally transforming herself with regards to getting pretty teeth and yeah. and transforming her wilds so and wares. So she's taking all of Bobo's stolen millions and spending it on plastic surgery. She's spending it on plastic surgery, but I think she, also the business, the business, she's launched a business and become a, sex, a successful woman in her own right because the business is a success. But she's walked away from the business. She's walked away from the business. But I imagine that she's still retaining a a fair chunk of money from the business because she's worked a business. I mean, my personal thing would have been creating her as a success and rubbing that into Bobbo's sort of face. But instead, she takes it that next stage further and she has all this plastic surgery to transform herself to look like Mary Fisher, which is quite... I, that was yeah. I'm, I'm, I was I was always troubled. Yeah, I was always troubled. That, that, I mean, th- that, the, that sort of that. did worry me because. So when when she when she's got her personal strength, it comes through, and she does look quite like. A, I mean, she's never going to be the, the prettiest sort of like supermodel, but she becomes quite handsome and elegant. And when she dresses well, when she gets rid of her moles all the rest of it so, yeah. so she, she really she, she really does make the most of what she has and she she it could have ended there but then Faye Wilden take took the story at next stage further so when she's six foot two and then she's been t- taken down six inches yeah. so they have to take bones out of her thighs and or, or her legs to shrink her down and and absolutely really just because t- and, t- t- and turns shave off shave inches off her jaw three inches off her jaw and it's just putting us through so much pain but she seemed to thrive on that pain for the end result of being Mary Fisher and so in the end Mary Fisher goes a bit doolally and then with a gust of wind she gets thrown off the balcony and onto the rocks below into it from her tower and uh, it's all very it's all very sad for Mary. I felt sorry for the Mary Fisher character. I mean, she hadn't done well for she, she hadn't done the best morally yeah. th- situation thing. But did she did she deserve? I don't think she deserved I death. Think she she I think she deserved the discomfort and the annoyance and the losing of the money, because losing of the money and losing the prestige was the thing because she had been taken out of her ivory tower and when she had to she see ultimately that the mary fisher had, had built up lots of tax bills lots of legal bills so had to sell her houses to get rid of all her money to uh to, to save bobbo which didn't work her books weren't selling very well and she in the end she was having to sell her big house and it ends with her saying, well, I'll get you sorted, as in the mother and the two children, two of Bobbo's children, and she's left alone. And I just thought that was... I know sort of she didn't do right, but it just felt... That felt like it was taking it that stretch, yeah. step too far. You want to have the retribu- retribution, and I think she did. She, she The retribution was there, but then it took it that stage further which was just that 
one step too far and although it was quite delicious well, that, <laughs> so, I, I think what, what, what i might say is that and just to be clear this isn't a uh, this is this, this, this isn't is anti-feminist or yeah, anything yeah, like we're, that. And it's not a critique of feminist literature or anything like that because frankly we're just not qualified to, to, to do that no like no that. but um, i just felt the story i i think what i would what i would say is that the 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 revenge part of the story is really quite delicious yeah you know it's it's very it's a bit uh, uh it's a bit of, a, of a melodrama i i guess and we get that that satisfaction from from seeing the plans sort of it's, being so executed it, it, and, and 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 coming off in the you know the the gradual discomforting of Bobble and Mary Fisher and the eventual and their life sort of disintegrating and their life around disintegrates them. it um, yeah the, the and it felt it felt a little bit it was sort of uh, for me it felt a bit of a parallel because so when this came out there was also the the Jeffrey Archer not a penny more not a penny less where it's a group of people that have been conned by one person and that group of people get together and with their various skill sets set but together set a team in action to get their money back by hook or by crook and it felt I think it maybe it was a period of time where they were having lots of these these situations where people had done wrong had been wronged and were getting their retribution back because there was also that um, Michael Winner film Dirty Weekend which was very similar about um, a lady that was was raped and uh, a date raped and she just over a period of a weekend she just hits retribution for all of these champagne shits and bad men not it's just it's like randomly being like an equalizer so I think it was of a time where that type of thing was was coming coming out and this was a, just a different spin on it you had like the frothy nonsense of um uh, not a penny more not a penny less by jeffrey archer you had the dirty weekend thing by michael winner which was a bit of sexploitation um but done with a little bit of witticism and then you had the the feminist version with the the life and loves of a she-devil and I, I get it and I really enjoyed the, the fabulous way of manipulating because all the people she manipulated they all seem to come out of it with unscathed yeah I mean I the think, people I that she used to manipulate to get what she wanted they all actually yes they, they all, benefited yeah everyone that she she manipulates and uh, so on does it end up in a better place than they were? Apart from maybe Tom Baker, but then again, I suppose Tom Baker needed. Well, we don't to see what happened. What, no, I mean he he he, he basically became a drunk. However, he had the church to fall back on, so he needed to. He was very righteous, which is fair enough to be a priest. However, I think to to be to deliver, you have to have actually seen a part of the dark. Darkness. So we can assume that he becomes a better priest, assuming yeah. he remains a priest. A priest. Or he doesn't get thrown out of the priesthood, but I think it takes more than that. I mean, look at the the church. Sorry, we shouldn't mention yes. that. Don't let's mention that. That's controversial. Let, let's not. Let's, <laughs> let, let, no, let's not. No, maybe not. But so the, the how it how it's sort of the final episode is that she's in huge pain. She's satisfied with how she looks, and now her, her looks have actually really affected her plastic surgeons. Plastic surgeons were looking at her as a experiment as a doll 
and her looks and her mannerisms actually through through no actual motivation of her own to do it pretty much break up a husband and wife that have been pretty much solid that run the plastic surgery um, clinic over in America and another one so it was really quite interesting because she, all the other things she'd done intentionally and um, had manipulated and become and then because she was now looking the way she was and the way she was holding herself the way she she is she seems to be there seems to be a ripple effect just exuding from her and that's a little unnerving that bit but it's mm. also unnerving that she's put herself through so much pain just to make her husband feel worthless i mean i think bobble is the ultimate um so uh object of her revenge yeah or she's he's now a captive in her zoo yeah um because it ends with her walking around the tower because she's now bought mary fisher's house bobbo is out of prison and he's strumming a guitar by the swimming pool overlooking the cliffs you've got the sexy waiter the sexy housekeeper serving drinks and she's just looking down on what she's got and it was a really nice it was a nice ending because it was actually Mary Fisher the actual Mary Fisher character playing sort of playing it but the she-devil the narrative that goes over Patricia Hodge Patricia Hodge um but it just felt a little uneasy but maybe that was meant to feel uneasy and I think it was an exceptional piece of writing and it's an exceptional storytelling and I'm not I, I when we watched the interview with Faye Weldon I don't know if it actually fitted with what she envisioned but then I think she just went for the paycheck I think she was concerned that it was being adapted by a man yeah and I can understand that because well here we are talking about a feminist feminist writing that actually someone could, might very well say with some validity but what do we have what, to say what do what do we know about about it well it's, I, mean, I suppose you can we say I mean, we're both gay men and we have been yeah but, we, but the thing is we have been potentially victimized but we're stood men. out but we're, we're men. men we are men but as a gay man you can sort of relate to certain elements of feeling undermined I mean, admittedly I've, I've i've never personally felt <laughs> yes. undermined yeah. i mean i've i'm six yeah. foot I'm, I'm six foot three uh i was just from the rugby club uh, 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 and it's never really bothered me it's just being gay has just been a component but other people that have that that insecurity and that unnervingness they don't have that inner strength and i think for gay men say you do feel like you are the victim and you have to be a certain way in certain situations which is i think a, what a lot of the feminist way of being is being undermined overlooked and not respected or responded because of who you are or what you are right, and your physical makeup so there's certain elements of that i mean i absolutely adored this i mean i was brought up by very strong female ladies um and I completely I completely get it and I'm surprised more of her stuff hasn't been made we did actually we what we finished the life and loves of the she-devil which was done in I think 1986 
and then on the, the the following day i mentioned that there was there was another one by Faye Weldon which was done in 92 and mm. that was that was growing rich we'll cover that in another podcast that'll be another sort of separate podcast however the similar themes were throughout but it was more inner strength rather than revenge but it was taking it was a story about taking the wrong paths now i think with the the, the life and loves of a she-devil she was hurled down the wrong path but then she made the most of everything and she did it with such panache but i loved it it was really good and i mm, I, I was, I was really was. i was really s sort of like wary about going back to it because it I'd only watched it the once when it was on television. It was one of those must-watch television things. It was a little bit naughty. It was a bit salacious, a bit of a lesbianism. You had sort of tits and cock and all that sort of thing going on. You had and Tom Baker's bottom. You had Tom Baker's bottom sort of going like a pneumatic drill. Um, but Tom Baker looked really young in it. I mean, he actually looked younger in this than he was when he was Doctor Who. And that was six years previous, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, but Tom Baker, I mean, you, you, you had some absolutely cracking actors in this and a and, and real steel, steen, uh, scene stealers. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, but I mean, you're reading the book now, aren't you? Or you I look, am. Yeah. I am. How's I am. the book comparing? Uh, very, very close. Oh, very, is it? So far, so far, very, very, you know, very close. I've, I have read a couple of her books and they are so phenomenally written because it's they are sort of like just sort of uh, sort of that they're just pot boilers in a certain way but the detail of what she's writing and it's just the nuances and it's not sort of, sort of like big flowery languages and sort of explaining fields and da, 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 da. it's like the intricacies and sort of mannerisms and it really makes you look around you at other people and how they do and how how you perceive them by them just doing something or how they pick up a cup of coffee how they they, they sort of they pull the they turn their book covers and that sort of thing it's just it's just the intricacies and it really does show things in a different light which i think you should watch this you should watch this tv series so it's one of our recommendations it is it is it, so if we were sort of critics i would say i would give this five out of five but not critics I think we're very critical at times. We're very critical, but that's, <laughs> that's different. You know, this is probably the first serious thing we've serious podcasty thing that we've done because most of it's been frothy nonsense and gorgeous, gorgeous fun and fun and frolics. I mean, there is quite a lot of dark humour throughout this. There's a lot of dark. However, humor. the overriding themes I think make you sort of look at it in a different way, and it's one of those. It is a it is a series where I felt. I was thinking about it a couple of days later because it 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 had those it left those little nuggets that you keep thinking oh gosh oh gosh yeah so uh, watch it it's amazing we will go back to frothy nonsense later we yes, have don't to worry we, don't yeah, worry so don't worry so we've got lots of frothy nonsense we have got frothy nonsense we're, we're not we're not turning into the, the we're the not serious turning, channel not, 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 we're not turning into Radio Four or whatever so um, yeah it's not the South Bank show it's not the South Bank show oh gosh. No. Well, they could be on the South Bank show. That'd be fabulous. They'd still do it. I think, yeah, I think they do. I think they do. It's not like a regular slot, but I think they, he does specials now. 
But I really quite like the South Bank show. I love the one they did. did they did. They did one with the, yeah, the suit. I think, we're, I think we're sort of getting slightly. Oh, we're we going all over the place now. Yeah. So anyway, we will be doing another Faye Weldon sort of CV series, which is Growing Rich, um, which is slightly more campy and throthier because it's got Martin Kemp from Spandau Ballet. Marvelous. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, where this is done far more serious. This was the BBC. The other one was done on ITV. So. That was a commercial one. Yeah. And it was made for television. I don't know if that makes a difference. but um, well, This was made for TV. The, the, the life... Oh, we won't... We, yeah. What we will mention is... Um, but when I say that, the, the, the Life and Loves of the She-Devil was a book that was turned into a TV show. Yes. Growing Rich was a TV show. Right. It was written for television. Television, right. And But also we have to mention... Sorry. They did remake... The life and loves of a she devil. Do we have to mention that? <laughs> it did have one good actor in it. Meryl, Meryl Streep. Meryl yeah. Streep played the Mary Fisher character. Or played but Mary Fisher. Yeah, the Mary Fisher. Yeah, Mary. Yeah, Mary Fisher character. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was right. Yeah. Uh, but just when you say the Mary Fisher character, no, it's not the Mary Fisher character. It is Mary, Mary Fisher. Fisher. Oh, okay. Um, I, <laughs> the she devil was played by Roseanne, Roseanne Barr. Barr. And now, Roselle was played by Ed Begley Jr. from St. Elsewhere. Another horrible bit of miscasting of Bobble. Bobble. Well, I, think, I think he's probably like the Yank version of Dennis Horseman, really. Yeah, probably. Sort of probably. rocking a mullet. Um, but I did watch the film because I really liked the so TV that, So it was you. Yeah. <sighs> I never bought it. I didn't buy it on VHS or anything like that. I did rent it. You surprised me. And... It was appalling. Uh, the story's great, and they, they do stick pretty much to the the general story. But sorry, even Roseanne, Roseanne Barr, sort of a sort of short, squat, fat comedian, um, try, trying to be, have a plastic surgery to look like Meryl Streep. I mean, sorry, Meryl Streep is way taller than Roseanne Barr. How the hell are you going to do that? You're going to get a, a jack or just very high heels. <laughs> it was a really bad idea. Well, I suppose it's no more ridiculous than Julie T. Wallace losing six inches from her height to become. Well, I mean that's chopping hot. bits off, isn't it? Really, but well, that's what you, that's what you do. You, you chop and then you insert rather than chop and. Oh move. right, it's stretch. <laughs> but so, yeah, that that is a bit bonkers. But anyway, have a look at have a look at it. Say contrast and compare. We're not going to watch the Roseanne bar. Like our lives are too rich in, in tapestry and creativity to are they? well maybe not uh, <laughs> right. did, did, I, did I miss that? when did that happen? so what we're going to be doing now we will do another episode on uh, Faye Weldon but we are going to do a few more of the pop-up podcasts so we are thinking um, Airwolf we are thinking Equalizer are we? Maybe Dempsey and Matepiece. Oh, oh, I love Dempsey and Matepiece. Yeah. So we all back back to yeah. Trotty So we're, we're mining, we're mining uh, Jonathan's sort of adolescence. I know, we're fabulous. It's going to be great. It's going to be totally amazing. So anyway, um, any comments would be deeply appreciated. Any suggestions? Any suggestions? That's be... not Airwolf or Dempsey and Matepiece would be greatly 
greatly appreciated. <laughs> oh, you're so dismissive of my cultural background. Oh, it's dreadful. So anyway, we're on all social media platforms. It's at Antique Dust. You can email us at hello at antiquedust.co.uk. We would love to hear from you. Are there any other podcast listen- podcast creators out there that would like to do a collaboration? A collab. A collab. And apparently that's a really big thing now. Collabs. Maybe, maybe, collabs. Maybe we should have a merchandise shop. That would be amazing. A range of things with Antique Dust written on it, like T-shirts and mugs and stickers pens pens I'd be like Pauline with pens amazing anyway you've got all our contact details just click the link below or whatever um, or whatever <laughs> whatever woo whatever. enjoy the, enjoy the rest we've got a huge back catalogue to wander through um, I'm Jonathan signing off goodbye and, and this is Rob saying goodbye Bye-bye. bye bye <laughs>